Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen, we are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. My name is Megan Patterson. And I'm Aaron Jensen. And we are on episode number 50. Oh, that's special. Yeah. And our first special guest of the year. Okay. We wanted to go in hot and hard with this special guest. We haven't had a special guest like this ever on our show. And I had Aaron pull out the big guns. I had her go through her Rolodex. I was like, I need somebody really impressive. And you pulled through, Erin. I did. (laughs) She knows people in high places. I do know a lot of people. So who we have on the show today is the one and only Dr. Calvert. He is uh, Dr. Jay Calvert. He's a board certified plastic surgeon. He has practices in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach. And he performs all kinds of plastic surgeries, but he's mostly known for, he's infamously known for his rhinoplasties, revision rhinoplasties. So botched jobs, right? Yes. (laughs) Facelifts, breast augs, and you're actually the president of the Rhinoplasty Society, right? I am. Thanks for having me on. Welcome. And not only that, so he's 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 the prez, right? So he's the Mm -hmm. president of the Nose Job Society, Rhinoplasty Society. I like Nose Uh, Job Society better. I think I'm going to change it. I'm going to see. I'm going to put that through the bylaws. Well, people, because people will understand it more. They'll be like, "Wow, that's so fancy." He's the president of the Nose Job Society. 100. percent And he's also, and he's not a, you know, he's not a stranger to podcasts. Not only is he a plastic surgeon, a husband, a father, a Chihuahua daddy, but he also has his own two podcasts, the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and Dr. Hockey. Yes, I do. I'm wearing the Dr. Hockey swag Merch. right now. I just, I, I you know, got to do it. You are representing, he knows just what to do. In case we had no idea that he did the Dr. Hockey Podcast, he's wearing he's his gear. Yeah. This, is, this is making it very clear. I just <laughs> yeah. got off the phone with Ron Duguay, if you guys know who that is, but this guy he sounds played important. for the Rangers when I was growing up a hockey fan like wow. i watched this guy play i just got off the phone with him it's like you're on cloud nine right I, now I'm, I'm all good right. i was also happy to hear that you decided to go hot and hard and pick me yes. for that description so i'm <laughs> glad to be here yes well you know yes. well and the most important thing about dr calvert is that i have actually had surgery personally from dr calvert and yes. i am very excited to share that experience with all of you guys out of anyone, I am very discerning about surgeries and results, and especially being an aesthetic practitioner, my face is part of my business. So if my maker. face gets messed up, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for business. So I want to go through why I chose Dr. Calvert, how amazing he is, and just kind of we're going to share some more information about a lot of things today. But before we get into your surgeries, I need to ask Dr. Calvert the basics, the intro. Okay, so Dr. J. Calvert... Um, where are you from? What's your ast- astrological sign and where'd you go to school? So I'm from New Jersey originally. Jersey. And that is why I was a Ranger fan and why watching Ron Duguay, the man with the best hair in the NHL of all time, was <laughs> uh, a big, big thrill for me just a minute ago. But I uh, grew up in New Jersey, you know, went to Nashville, to Vanderbilt for undergrad, med school at Cornell, was in uh, New York in 1994 when the Rangers won the cup. Uh, <laughs> Important so to know. Broke the curse from the 50s. Um, but uh, yeah, and then 
trained in Pittsburgh and got out here, and now I'm uh, just doing lots and lots. I want to be president of the Nose Job Society. Yes. I'm changing the name. <laughs> and I you can't are believe the it. president. The president <laughs> I'm so is into that. in That's... our chair. Okay, so when's this your This has bir- already been helpful. When's I'm, your I'm birthday, though? Oh, my birthday is in August. I'm a Leo. So uh, August I knew 19th. It. I knew it. I knew it. You know why? Why? Because... Okay, the thing about Leos is that they're very ambitious. They're mo- almost all male Leos are successful, right? But Leo, the mane, the hair—you have a really nice head of hair. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, you, uh, you kind of give me Clark Kent vibes a little bit well, with your glasses uh, uh, on. There you go. And now you're Doctor Hockey vibes. Yeah, totally. I'm, in the I'm hoodie, down, down with it with the hood. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Cool. Okay, so now you guys know a little bit about Doctor J Calvert. It's Calvert, right? Not Calvert. Well, I think if you were in France, we'd say Calvert. Calvert. But, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Calvert works and. Yeah, it's also a uh, bottom shelf liquor if you uh, are used to the bottom shelf Calvert Extra. <laughs> so if you're really into cheap, I'm gonna look for that next cheap time. Cheap whiskey. Uh, there you go. You're good to Bethmo. go. <laughs> well, yeah, it might be named. Yeah, he. There might be a cheap liquor named after him, but this guy is top shelf. He actually the surgery is not cheap. No, I will, I will definitely go <laughs> I on can record right that, now. No. And uh, I mean, you. you've. So how long have you been a surgeon for? If you have two practices in Beverly Hills and Newport. Well, I finished my residency in 2001, so I've been around. Um, you know, this is uh, basically my 20th year in practice, uh-huh. you know, which uh, you can do the math. I'm basically in my, uh, you know, it's been 20 years there, but then also seven years in doing uh, the residency. So I've been I've been operating for a very long time. You know, I'm 52 years old at this point, so it's, uh, you know, it's still going. I, I think I'm going to make it. But the, um, you know, it's just every year it gets more and more exciting to do surgery like i love surgery so that is amazing, very yeah. very fun i feel very blessed to be able to do this specialty it's not work you know people say oh do you like your job i was like i don't have a job like i go to i go to work and have a, just a great time taking care of people and really inventing the operations that I do and making them better and better. And that's that's why it's so exciting and so fun to do this. Well, it must be particularly gratifying for you because like I mentioned earlier, one of your specialties is revision rhinoplasty. So for people who don't know what that is, I mean, we see a lot of TV shows like Botched and stuff like that or people who maybe have gone to a doctor previously and you have to go in and correct it. It's much harder. It's not for everybody. Most people don't do revisions. Most of the revision patients that come to me are referred by doctors. Mm. Um, in fact, the three revision patients I saw today were all referred by other plastic surgeons who just said, you know, you have to go to a specialist for this. And, and I'm one of those specialists. Um, and there aren't many of us, really. I mean, there are people that will do some revision rhinoplasty, but people that are specialists in sort of taking care of the really botched jobs our guys like Paul Nassif, you know, who, you know, he and I worked together for a long time. I taught him how to do the ribs and he and I are, you know, super tight buddies, both in the nose job society together. Oh, okay. And, and Paul, <laughs> and Paul is very good at revisions. And, yeah. and there are very few people like us that do that because most people just want to do the primaries, Yeah. you know, and, and not, you know, sweat the bullets of disdain that we do over these revision operations because they're hard. What does make a revision so much more difficult than a primary surgery? The anatomy isn't isn't correct. The anatomy yeah. has been altered. It's it's scarred in the soft tissue envelope, the skin and the muscles. And there are thin muscles in the nose. They're they're woody and stiff, and it doesn't respond like a nose that's not been operated. So doing these kinds of operations, you know, is not for the meek. And you have to understand wound healing. You have to really be an expert in surgical wound healing because not only 
Are you going to have to make the framework and use cartilage and work on the, the bone of the nose and things like that? You, you have to then anticipate how this nose is going to heal. Mm. So it, it's, it's a whole, it is literally a whole different specialty. Yeah. And it, it, a secondary, a revision rhinoplasty and a primary rhinoplasty are two different operations. Yeah, and I think a lot of our listeners aren't used to that. They're used to injectables where you get your lips done, they're healed in about a week and that's it. There's no hand holding through it. I'm sure you do a lot of hand holding with those oh, revisions. Oh yeah. yeah, we talk yeah. people off the ledge all the time. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's rough. I mean, yeah. if you listen to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery podcast, uh, the episode on revision rhinoplasty, one of my patients pointed out that he goes, you know, Dr. Calvert, you said in a 17 minute podcast, it sucks three times. <laughs> I was like, it does. It does. Yeah. It sucks to yeah. have a, a revision rhinoplasty because it, it's not going to look right. It's not like injectables. It's not like you, you know, you go in and you get a little, you know, just put something in your lips and here's your Botox and, you know, you know, done and off back to work. This is like a project that you sign up for yeah. and you commit to it. And I commit to it because I have to get you through it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not fun. There are, there are many moments of, you know, I shouldn't have done this. And, and I am very clear and upfront with my patients about that mm -hmm. before they sign up and get into the operating room. So how do you find a good plastic surgeon for your primary rhinoplasty so you're not in this situation? Well, I always say, you know, go to your resources. I mean, the Rhinoplasty Society website's a great place to start because people that are in the Rhinoplasty Society are doing a minimum of 30 rhinoplasties a year. And most, the average plastic surgeon probably does 12. What? That's crazy. Yeah. That's, I didn't even that's think about, about that. That's the average number. I do about, you know, anywhere from 150 to 250, depending on the year, um, less this year because of the pandemic, you know, we were shut down a little bit, but I'll probably wind up doing about 175 this year. Um, but typically 200 a year is a lot. A guy that does, a guy or girl, you know, a plastic surgeon that does, you know, 60 rhinoplasties a year is doing a lot of rhinoplasty. Okay. That's five a month. That's a lot. So that's somebody, you want somebody that does a lot. And then, of course, the, the key factor is to look at the before and after photos. Mm -hmm. It's all about the artistry. Yeah. You know, if you like Monet, you wouldn't ask Salvador Dali to do a, a mural for your house. You would get Monet. Mm -hmm. So you got to look at the artwork. And, you know, every nose is different. And everybody has a different style. And I always ask patients, did you look at my before and afters? It's one of the first questions I ask. You asked me that. And I was like, well, not really. I know you're just a really good surgeon. And you said, no, go look at my work. Because if you don't like my work, then we're not a good match. Right. Because and, you got to like the work. Yes, absolutely. Because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's what I do. Yes. It's like, so in addition to asking, because a lot of people, you know, whether it's, you know, buying, finding a realtor or, you know, an accountant, it's word of mouth. It's like, you know, with plastic surgery, though, it's a little different because not many people would be very honest or open about like, I got my nose done. Right. They're a little mm -hmm. more shy. So you kind of have to ask, like, do you have anybody you recommend or on the down low? So that's a great point is that there might be people who have had their noses done that won't admit it to you, like friends or family. So checking out the Rhinoplasty Society and going to some a doctor who's like a really well-oiled machine who does noses on the regular. Yeah, and there are a bunch. I mean, there's a lot of people that do a lot of rhinoplasty. And, and the ones that do a lot usually are doing a lot because they're good at it. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can find a good – there are lots of good rhinoplasty surgeons. And uh, and the and the operation is getting better. You know, we have – the, the people that are in – the rhinoplasty society and in like the European rhinoplasty society that were so dedicated to 
our craft, we're, we're like the super geeks of noses. Like we love it. Like we're <laughs> nuts. And I mean, you want to see people seriously just getting nerdy beyond words, go to a nose rhinoplasty meeting. There's where you're just, finding your husband, Megan. That's your like, next rhinoplasty. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. A, I mean, it is a super nerd fest. I mean, we get down to I like... I bet you get heated though, right? You throw glasses of water at oh each other. Oh my God. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it does get heated. I mean, you know, it's... You're like, rib, no rib. It, exactly. You know, they say, oh, you know, I said rib graft and, you know, the patient ran out of the office. I would never say that to them. You know, it's, it does get heated because people are very passionate about mm. what they do. Yeah. And it, it's... Uh, it's fun, but you know we we are very dedicated to it. So that's how you find your surgeon. You find somebody that's like in the conversation of doing great work. And you got to find somebody that's passionate about it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, if if they're just phoning it in, trying to collect the paycheck, you're definitely in the wrong office. Ugh. Yes, I think you can smell that right away. I mean, Absolutely. for me personally, when there's crystal chandelier upon chandelier and like marble and like Orchids. Gucci head to toe, ever. I'm like, oh, this is, it's just not for me. It's not, your vibe. It's not my vibe. So for me personally, uh, Dr. Calvert has uh, performed a rhinoplasty and a breast lift on me. I originally had a breast augmentation when I was 19 years old. Like every good college student, I got that Sally Mae Hell deposit yeah. into my bank account. <laughs> and I said, 330 cc's in and out in a weekend. Yes. <laughs> and working at Chick Sporting Goods, you know, we've talked about Chick Sporting Goods. I have all the girls at Chick Sporting Goods. Where'd all you get your boobs boob done? Jobs. Okay, let's get that boob job done. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was so happy. And even to this day, I love plastic surgery and I celebrate it with anyone who is considering doing it. If you tell me you're pregnant, I'm excited for you. If you tell me you're getting a tummy tuck or your boobs done, I think I'm even more excited for you. And I think it should be something that we talk about more and we do celebrate and it's not vanity. And I think you can speak on this a little bit during COVID. I have found people are doing more work on themselves than ever because it's not about showing it off to other people. It's about making yourself feel better and your bigger boobs and your flatter stomach. It's not for other people. It's for yourself. I mean, what have you seen during COVID, Dr. Calvert? Yeah, I mean, I think people are looking in that Zoom camera a little too much. And yes, they're like, true. Uh, you know, guilty right here. I, it's like, oh man, I got to get these neck bands done. I need like, <laughs> I, like I need help. You know, I've had like more like Botox and fillers myself in this, you know, pandemic than like in the last 20 years. So yes. yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it, it is, it's important. You know, you feel so confident when you look at yourself and you feel good about what you see. So it changes the game for people. And, you know, especially, you know, I, I remember there was one patient who I did a rhinoplasty and a breast dog, both primaries on her. And she came back at her, you know, one year visit. I was like, so tell me, you know, like, how's it going for your nose? She goes, my nose. She goes, you need to ask me, like, what's happened in my life? Ooh. She goes, you have radically altered the course of my life. Ooh. And she wow. was like, you have no idea what's happened for me and how the confidence that I have has tremendously altered the trajectory of what's going to be the, the rest of my destiny. And she just, like, laid into me about, like, you don't understand how powerful it is what you do. You just do it because you do it. I said, I do understand it. Yeah. I just don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, get a nose job. It's going to change your life. I don't know that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say those things. But a lot of people who do get a facelift, you know, in their 50s or in their even in their late 40s or they get their tummy tuck and their breasts done because, you know, the mommy makeover, it alters their whole experience of their world. Mm -hmm. And it's beyond powerful. And you can't you can't say those things because people, oh, it's, you know, plastic surgery, you know, all these people are so vain. No, they're not. They want to feel great and they want to, they want to look great for themselves mm -hmm. and not for anybody else but themselves because mm -hmm. that's who it matters to. 
people like they say oh do you see the difference in my nostrils i was like everybody has different nostrils oh people are going to notice i go people do not even they don't even think about you no. yes, they don't think a crap about no. your nostrils no. your nostrils are so far off their radar screen you might as well not even exist like and, and people think that it's like that everyone's staring at them i was like nobody looks at you no, no. if you're getting stuff done it's for you mm-hmm. be clear about that yeah, yeah you know, your boyfriend's not going to come back you know you're not going to get a new job none of those things are going to happen do it because you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That gives me the chills just how that woman came back and kind of like sat you down and said, listen here, doc. She did. <laughs> it's she was more like, than my nose, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's almost this burden that's taken off of you. You know, if say you have really bad acne or you do have that nose that bothers you, it's just not on the top of your mind every day. And it's something that gives you a little bit of clarity where you it doesn't consume you anymore, which I think is really nice. You know, when I I've, I have three children, after three children, I was ready to exchange these 19-year-old breast implants and get a little lift done. And, you know, for me, the most important thing for me personally was finding a good rhinoplasty surgeon because that's the thing that people see every day. But also, you do great boobs, too. You do really nice breasts, Dr. Calvert. I, I think yeah. mine are like dynamic. Yeah. So I mean, dude, I'm, I'm like great. the cleavage master. So I was going to say totally so all about that. Your wife has completely accepted the fact that your phone is filled with boob boob shots, right? Like cleavage shots. She just knows it's part of the I game. I guess it is. I, I don't really think about it. <laughs> Cuz like if you look at Dr. Calvert's Instagram, it's great cuz he gets a lot of like client happy selfies like look at my rack, like it looks amazing or like my nose, like very like happy stoked results. And that's his that's his art. He looks at it like it's a canvas, you know, like it's framed where mm-hmm. they're really nice boobs. Yeah. I mean, when Aaron got hers done, I was like, "Damn, they look nice." Thanks. Like you had a bandage dress on or something. I was like, "Your rack looks spectacular yes and and it that, was that, it was a little and they didn't here. look any bigger yeah. you know because a lot of time i mean volume it's the same thing with filler volume doesn't always equal beautiful results mm-hmm. you can't totally. make a you can't make a a, a tire a, a truck tire out of a bicycle tire with yes. lips sometimes so sometimes people think i'm sure i mean have you ever had to turn clients away who want really huge i do all the time yeah um, we're in newport it, beach you know it, yeah. it, it, it it's very true what you're saying because i i just was having this conversation with the patient you know, she's like, well, my husband says he wants to get, you know, these, you know, gigantic 700 cc's. I was like, no, you want to get beautiful. I said, look, what you're looking for is you want beautiful breasts. Like that's, you know, because women come, they go, oh, I want to have like, I want some cleavage, you know, with this and I want it to be like that. And I want to have, I want it, you know, a little bit of side boob. I go, yeah, you want, you want great looking breasts. <laughs> that's what you're asking for. Yes. You just want to be great looking. She goes, right. That's what I want. You don't want to just get some, you know, silicone bags put in that are just sitting on your chest, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. You know, depending on what you're paying for these operations, there's a certain level of attention that gets put into the operation. For me, I am trying to make a masterpiece every single, every time I do an operation, that literally should be the best operation I've ever done. That's mm. how I see it. When I walk into that operating room that day, today is the day I'm doing the best operation I've ever done. And I, and I take them all that way and I see it that way because all of my experience, everything that I know, everything that I've done should go into that patient's operation and make it better than the last one I did, period. Yeah. So if your surgeon doesn't have that attitude, I think you should... You know, walk walk, out. The, other, walk mm-hmm. the other direction yeah, because yeah. you need to take it that way. Yes. And that kind of skill and precision, it doesn't come cheap. So sometimes I will have patients say, can I get a referral for someone for a facelift, but that's not too expensive? I'm like, well, I, my referrals aren't cheap. Like that's, mm-hmm. you're going to get what you pay for. Just like we're not a group on office to get your lips done. Mm-mm. So just know that. I mean, 
say you have a cheap nose job, like a cheap bad nose job for Ooh. five grand, and then your revision rhinoplasty is going to cost way more than your original good rhinoplasty. So you're going to spend way more money. And not the only the money spent, but the second job he's working, he or she is working with such like worse materials. Yeah. Or like you can't ex you can't have really high expectations with the revision nose jobs. I'm sure you tell your clients like, listen, I'm going to do my best. But you kind of let them know, like, hey, I'm not working with an original nose, original cartilage. I, I have I read them the riot act. I yeah. mean, I really do. You, you have, have to. to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to because I don't want them to sign up if they don't know what they're signing up for. That's a huge mistake. Yeah. yeah. You know, revisions are not taken lightly by anybody, especially me. And, you know, the you know, your point of getting the primary done right is really key because mm -hmm. if you, you know, I'm. I'm not the most expensive. I'm also not the cheapest. Um, I heard somebody say that they got a price quote for a primary rhinoplasty in Beverly Hills for $40,000 recently. I've seen this, yeah. Which is like, okay, maybe that's that's pushing it. Yeah. Like my my revisions aren't $40,000. Maybe they should be. You know, I, I don't know. I want to do them. I want. I don't want people to like run out of there like I can't afford it. I need to operate on people. And, and I try to make it, I've really tried to find the sweet spot of like, this pays for the care that I give. This pays for the the operation. This is, you know, it has enough profit margin so that I can stay in business and, you know, pay for the stuff that I need. And and I've tried to find that sweet spot with the pricing. It and is not higher, only pay, you know. pays for your talent and expertise. Correct. Mm -hmm. What you have that other doctors don't. Well, and it takes me longer. There, there's, yeah. there's a lot of care that goes into it that isn't provided in, in the practice where the operation takes 30 or 40 minutes, which you can do a rhinoplasty in 30 or 40 minutes for sure. I could have done a 30 minute operation for you mm -hmm. for for sure Aaron. I mean it would not have been it wouldn't have been bad either. It would have been okay. You would have been like, "Oh, I got a good nose job." Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, pizza, you know, uh, sorry, plastic surgery is a lot like pizza. When it's good, it's really good. And when it's not that good, well, it's still pizza and it's good enough. Yeah. And so most people don't really know that they didn't get good pizza. Mm -hmm. But know? I'm a Capricorn and I would know. Yeah, my you pizza would. is not good. Yeah, no. You, you would know. <laughs> he knew that. Yeah. So like, you know, you need good pizza. But that's the thing is that uh, you know, people want to have they want to have great results but they don't want to spend a ton of money on no. it and some people it's it's budgetary it's just a budget limitation they just don't have it sure so you know i and i get that i i'm not I, I don't like to pretend that like oh it's so easy for everybody to have plastic surgery these are big ticket items yes. you know uh, you know unless you're you know you know michael bloomberg you know who could buy rhinoplasties for everybody in the country you know, these are expensive items and they do cost a lot of money. Even for people that make a lot of money, it's still a lot of money. It's a budget issue. And mm -hmm. so I try to be very sensitive to that. And I try to be very clear, like you're paying for something that's better than if you just went and did like the, the cheapo nose job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Let's walk through. So I just want to walk through my surgery a little bit. If uh, So again, I had never had a uh, rhinoplasty before, but it's always something that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't think my nose was horrible, but I thought my nose was a little larger and more masculine than what my other facial features were or what I've built over time with filler and whatnot. <laughs> and also I needed to do, have my breast redone. So with that, you were able to do both of those surgeries at the same time. Yeah, that's a pretty, I like to call that the party package. Actually. The party package. Yeah. So, the boobs and the nose job. The two chimichangas and, <laughs> a and a hard taco. You get breast and nose, like the mommy makeovers, breast and tummy. Well, yes. I, the party package is the breast and nose. Ooh, I like it. You're ready for the party, right? I'm ready to party. The, the nose is great. The boobs are there. Like, you're, you're good to go. You know, the mommy makeover, you got to take care of the tummy, you yes. take care of the breast. So, like, uh, so with the, the breast and nose, it's a common combination. 
Um, we do the breast first, obviously, because the nose has snot and bacteria and bad things in it. And you would want to do the, the breast as a, you know, very sterile procedure. So it's a good way to go. Uh, I've published on it to show that it is actually safe to do. Uh, so, cause other people say, oh, it's too long. The operations take too long. They, you know, what about infection? Not an issue. Those things are yeah, all, think, all very controlled. I think my surgery is about five hours. Yeah, that's about oh, it. That's yeah, not too bad. I mean, don't mm-hmm. body lifts take like 10 hours and stuff when you have to. Depends. Yeah. Body lifts can be forever. Long but, with but, but yeah, five off. hours for somebody who's healthy. You know, if you're in my practice, you're either an ASA one or ASA two, which is anesthesia classes basically of. ASA-1 is somebody who has no health problems. They're going to do great with anesthesia. ASA-2, they may have something like hypertension, some sort of, you know, diabetes or some sort of, you know, menial uh, medical problems. So ASA-1s and 2s can go through five or six hours of anesthesia without a whole lot of trouble. You know, you're obviously, you know, one, you're young and healthy Mm -hmm. and, you know, your odds of having problems with anesthesia are are astronomically high. You know, the, uh, you know, the chance that you could have anything was, you know, probably one in a, one in a million. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there's not going to be a problem for you. So then doing five hours, six hours of surgery, no big deal. But your your breast lift was not an easy one. No. <laughs> really? No. Spill the no. beans. Yeah. So I had Was she like, kicking and screaming? I had a good no. amount of asymmetry. I wasn't was, kicking and screaming. <laughs> You're like, give her more anesthesia. Yeah, she was She's punching awake. me in the face while I was out. <laughs> <laughs> that made it difficult for me. It's hard to see. You know. No, she's yeah. I had a good amount of asymmetry post yes. babies, really, and because of the tugging and the being a mama. Yeah, just Not like just nursing you're... those things. Uh, yeah, or just genetically too, things stretched out differently, and yeah, very um, asymmetric, very, which makes it harder to balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like with anything, even with injectables, symmetry, perfect symmetry is very hard to to get, and you can't expect that. Dr. Calvert got very, very darn close, I must say. Um, but yeah, it makes it was not a very straightforward procedure. No, it was definitely one that like I was like up at night. Wait, like, when okay, you know, sure when your right. injector surgeon is sitting in front of you, just like staring silent, you're like, and they're thinking, "Fuck, man, I know this guy." You can tell the wheels thing. are turning. Yes, and they're they're keeping it cool though. They're not sweating. They're just looking at it and examining, like, okay. Mm. Yeah, I was doing sort of the uh, the the confused puppy like <laughs> calculation. <Yeah. laughs> so I to... knew it. She's like, "Are you up for the challenge, yeah. Doctor Calvert?" But with with um. With like a breast lift, is this, I, I think I've seen on shows where you have to kind of like sit the patient up to see how they land. Or is that a lot like oh, taking yeah. a step back? Yeah. I mean, if, sometimes you got to do it a lot. They go like have a set of abs by the time you're done with the operation. <laughs> yeah. you know, go back give them a free the, six yeah. pack. But uh, you get a six pack with that breast lift. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I mean, you sit them up. I mean, my, my plan worked well. I mean, mm-hmm. I was actually very, very happy with how it went, but it was hard. So, you know, no... You know, n- no joking around. It was one where I definitely had to like think it through because we were short of skin in some areas. There were some things that really to make it look nice was going to be hard. But that's why you sit there as the surgeon. You do the operation in your head when you see the patient. You do it again after you write your note. And then you think it through. And then before they come in again, you think it through again. Then you look at them for the pre-op. You go through it again. So like by the time you get to the operation itself, You've done the operation in your head and on paper six times, mm-hmm. Ooh. at least. Yeah, you know, and if and then when you get in there, you know that you have the moves. That's by the by, you know, by the time you get to the OR, as a surgeon, you should be totally relaxed and confident that your plan is correct. And literally, you could have monkeys come out of the wall and do do what you tell them to do, because <laughs> yeah. it should just go the way that you want. Yeah. So the, by the time you're in the OR, there's not a lot of thinking to do. Even though you're thinking on the fly and looking for opportunities to make it better than you thought it could be, 
that's kind of what I'm what I'm doing. I'm but I'm already totally relaxed in executing a plan that's well thought out and and properly planned. Mm -hmm. So do you recommend for most clients who say they want to do nose and breast to knock it out at once? Or is that really contingent upon the client? It's different for everybody. I mean, if, if you ask me, you know, is there a benefit to doing them separately? No. If, is there a benefit from doing them together? There is because it's one anesthetic. Yeah. So yeah. I would say yes, but I would be hard pressed to tell them that it's any worse to do them separately. Yeah. But I, I couldn't say that there's more safety because two an- inductions of anesthesia, which is the dangerous part of surgery if there is one, is is actually worse than doing one. Mm-hmm. And the, the length of the surgery being under six to eight hours is really it's kind of a no-brainer. I, I would say to do them together if you're thinking about yeah, that. That's what yeah, that's And also Erin's so efficient. She's efficient. super Capricorn. She's like, if I'm going to be busted and down, I want to be busted and down for two things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's like, yeah. how long do I have to be off work? Yeah. One week? Like, so six days? Okay, seven <laughs> days? Including the weekend? You do surgery on a Friday? Okay, I can oh, make this was, work. I'll never forget. Because I, I knew she was getting her uh, boobs redone. I was, and she's like, hey, by the way, and I was like, what? And I was like, oh, God, she, what is she going to she's going to drop some bomb. I'm fired from the treatment. What's what's the scandal? And she's like, I got my nose done, too. I was like, what the fuck? You got your, she didn't tell me that she sent me a selfie. And I was like, how are you going to keep that from me? She's like, well, I kind of figured you'd find out. So it was hilarious. But I'm glad Erin got it. She looks yeah. amazing. Now, yeah, the nose looks great. Doesn't you know? it look yeah, good? It's, it's settling awesome. in. I mean, like, because that's why you see clients after a year, right? To see how the nose really, what do you call it? Matures or well, sinks yeah, in? It, it, it changes for about a year, but I think it changes even longer than that. I agree. Because mm-hmm. it continues to contract. And, and really, my noses look great at one year, but I think they look better at five years. Mm. You know, because the structures that I put in there are really designed to hold over time. So it becomes your nose after you know a year to two years, and they just look better then. Yeah, you know, it's like it, a fine wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they do. <laughs> they mature, but you know the old school nose is so. People say, well, why did my friend get it done and her nose look great right when the splint came off? Because when I take take off the splints, my noses look they look like potatoes. They don't look good. You know, they <laughs> swollen, it's black swollen. Eyes. It looks like somebody you know, ran like, it over with a tractor. Dr. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the the difference is in the old days when they did them, they they didn't do an open, so they didn't cut the the columella, which is the skin bridge between the nostrils, which causes an immense amount of swelling just in and of itself. Mm. So they didn't do that. They did the incisions on the inside. And the old school operation was they shaved down the bump, they trimmed a little bit of cartilage, and they uh, broke the bones, cut the bones, and brought them in. And, and it was a three-move rhinoplasty. And that was probably good enough for most people. It took 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And the problem was that they didn't put any support structure that would hold up over time. Oh. So when they took the splint off on the old school operation, and they took the packing out, and they took the, the splint off the nose... It was the the angel sang and the aha yeah. moment and, the, da, 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 da. and mom cried and, yeah. and it looked amazing because it was swollen into the shape of the cast yes. and the packing. So it was a it was totally set to look incredible. And three months later began the the settling mm-hmm. that may or may not have turned out to be a good nose. So the disappointment. You were long gone from the plastic surgery office. <laughs> the doctor's like, like, peace out. Right, right. I'm in Jamaica. Like, send your friends, right? <laughs> yes. And so they go to school the next week and they send all their friends. Ah. But then at a year, the wheels have come off that mm. operation. The internal valves collapse. The the Maybe the septum wasn't strong enough and they get a saddle nose mm. and they pinch. And over time, the pinch gets worse and worse. 
And then they're in my office at the five-year mark for a revision rhinoplasty mm. with a rib graft because now they need structure put back in to make it look right. So that old school rhinoplasty did not age well. My potato that we see at one week, which looks awful, right? I mean, when you take it down, you're like, oh, great. Glad I did this. <laughs> it slowly shrinks mm -hmm. so that by th I say by three weeks, you'll be restaurant ready, which means like you can go out and yeah. not look like a total farm animal. Yeah. <laughs> so then once you're out at the three week mark, you're like, oh, this looks pretty good. Like a lot of my actors will go get new headshots at four weeks, which is a total mistake mm -hmm. because they're going to look completely different in three months. So then by the three and four month mark, they start to look good. And then by the year mark, they're like, oh, I really like it, but it's not over yet. Wait, there's more. Because yeah. then you're going to get the real contraction, which is probably where about you are in, at, at this point, don't you think? Yeah, I'm you know, a year and a half. Right. So now, now it's probably really coming yeah. to its own. It mm -hmm. looks like it looks like it wasn't operated. It yes. looks like the nose you were born with. And that's kind of how the newer operation heals. So huge difference. And people say, oh, you know, my friend got her nose done. How come she looks, you know, great after, you know, two weeks? I was like, different uh, apples and oranges. Yeah. Don't you just hate when people bring up, well, my girlfriend did Kybella and she didn't swell at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, swell no. like a clump. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking of injectables, <laughs> what is your thought on non-surgical nose jobs? With yes. <laughs> Love it. I think it's a that good thing. Awesome. Yeah. Really? Yeah, no, it yeah. totally saves the I thought you were going to be like, Megan, please edit this out. I don't want to talk about non-surgical <laughs> No, I mean, I do them all the time. Yeah, really? I do. Yeah, I use... Well, I'd... I'll send you them because I don't, I don't do them. So yeah, I, I do. I do way. a lot of injectables for the nose. I just saw a patient of mine from the days of yore. She just came in. She's like, you know, this this side looks a little weak to me and, and it looks like she has a little minor collapse. I was like, no problem. Just injected Whoa, it right awesome. on the spot and she's out the door and she's, she's like... Oh my God, that looks amazing. I was like, she's like, just like that. I go, just like that. Yes. You know, so, you have to be careful. But yes, especially with a revision rhinoplasty, fill in a revision. Yeah, expert you can, all the vessels are crisscrossed. You can, you can yes. knock off some skin. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've seen, I have a girl right now that got an injectable uh, into her nasolabial fold and knocked off her entire left nostril. Ugh. Oh no. Gone. Yeah. Was, did, did the provider, did she know what happened? Did she go to the original provider? She she did, but they didn't. They couldn't, they didn't, they couldn't do anything it. about. It. They they had all the stuff there to do it. You know, they had their kit. Yeah. You know, it was it was like a legit injector shop, and but it it was too late. It Ugh. it killed the. So it for, killed the nostril. for somebody who's like, okay, I'm not happy with my nose, and a non-surgical nose job is way cheaper. Will you be honest with your client and say, listen, like your patient, like you are better suited for a surgical nose job versus a non, and this is why. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk them through it. I like I don't need to operate on anybody. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I always say, like, here are your options. You know, first of all, one thing you have to understand, if you're getting filler in your nose, nose is going to be bigger. And very few people mm -hmm. come into the plastic surgeon and say, you know what I'd like? A bigger nose. That's so <laughs> true. Really, I've really been thinking long and hard about this. I want a, I want a schnoz, man. Make it huge. Like, as big as you can, Doc, go for it. So when you get filler in your nose... You're going to have a yeah, honker. It's gonna be bigger. Well, that's what it's people... going to be bigger. Yeah. Well, thanks to the internet, we, we have, uh, you know, you have almost, what, 140,000 followers. People can see your work, your before and afters. Thanks to Instagram, the treatment has a great following and people can see how microneedling works and filler works. But with these um, injectors who inject into the nose, very rarely do you see like uh, a 3D view or a pan or a frontal view. You see a very beautiful before it was a hump and then it's a slope. So for people who are, might be interested in a non-surgical, what would you recommend that they ask for frontals? 
to see how it looks up front, how they look when they're talking? I mean, I think you got to look at the before and afters mm -hmm. and you have to, the problem is, is most people who are looking for these things are not expert viewers sure. of plastic surgery results. Yeah. I had somebody show me a facelift the other day. I was like, that's Photoshopped. I mean, it was like so obvious it was Photoshopped. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> who would do that? I was like, the internet, everybody? <laughs> somebody who's not a board certified plastic surgeon would do that because mm -hmm. they're not held to the ethical standard that we are. Mm. You know, if I Photoshop a photo, I'll get crucified for yeah. it. I mean, yeah. my, my specialty will hold me to a standard. Mm -hmm. They will, they will take away my board certification. They will, yeah. they'll, you know, tar and feather me and, you know, put, put me into, they'll, you'll they'll be exiled. destroy me. Exactly. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll you have to change your name. That. Yeah. But if you're a board of, you know, one of these, you know, mail-in boards that's, you know, three grand and, you know, anybody and their mother can be a member, they do whatever they want and they don't give a crap that they're, you know, making stuff up. They they really don't. Yeah. And, and you know, the truth to be told, I, I don't even think the medical board even cares about it. They're just like, you know, whatever, it's an they're ad. Gonna we're not they're going to do. We're not yeah. going to split hairs on whether this guy is a good surgeon or, or a good Photoshopper because we have other things that are really a problem. So I think you have to consider the source. That's why I always say if you want to be sure you get an American, you know, somebody who's certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery mm -hmm. because we're just... We're different animals, you know. We're not. We're not going to do funny business. It's just not. It's not. You know, it's not what we're taught. It's not what. It's not the fabric of how we practice. Yeah. And I can say that for the other board certified plastic surgeons in the area because I know them and they're they're solid players. So when you were in school, did you always want to go into plastics? I wanted to either be a rock star or go into medicine because I <laughs> love my guitars a lot. And I last night I was jamming with my son who is now totally. We were playing like melt with you and like all the stuff he's learning like i'm like how are you where are you that's so finding cool. these tunes that's awesome. <laughs> so i was either going to do that for a job or i was going to be a doctor and i didn't know i was going to be a plastic surgeon I, yeah. I thought i was going to be you know an orthopod actually it was you know because i was like a rugby player and yeah very and rough and, I just, breaking, I loved, setting bones I, and, and i just loved you know ortho it was awesome yeah and uh you know actually in college we got a letter from sony records we sent in all our demo tapes and they said hey you guys can go out on tour with some of our bands and we'll see how you do and uh, we need you for six months. And, you know, all of us went, eh, no, thanks. Ah. <laughs> we didn't know because we just we didn't want to give up what we were doing. Yeah. You know, one guy was in business school at Columbia. The other guy was at School of Visual Arts. And I was at Vanderbilt, you know, studying molecular biology. And we just said, you know, thanks. Great. Great that you guys love our stuff, but we're not coming. And they're like, Smart move. Have I mean, you, literally, they were usually the guy people. Was it's, like, that's not how the story smart. goes. Yeah, but that's he, not how the story goes. Most of them, they drop. You know, Little Wayne was like a PhD. No, who was it? Little John. Little John, the Little rapper, John was like, was? yeah, he he. I think he went to um, Howard or something and was working on his PhD, and then he became a rapper. And so most people go music; they don't stay medicine. You stayed no, medicine. I, I wanted to be a doctor. I, I, I like that was you know I had to look into the abyss at that point and to say, am I going to actually do this? And we, I just said no. So yeah. what's your what's your favorite part about being in plastics? What's the best part? I think it's the the joy that I bring to patients. I yeah. think that that really is very satisfying mm -hmm. to see the the satisfaction because you know, 98% of the time, my patients are beyond thrilled with their stuff. And 1% of the time, they're beyond thrilled, don't want to tell me they are because they just want to, they're that curmudgeon that just, <laughs> you know, they can't believe how much they love it. And then 1% yeah. of the time, some patients have some problems that you have to deal with. Yeah. The 1% takes a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. You know, it does. Mm -hmm. That's Those are hard problems. Things don't turn out the way that they want. Complications do happen. Mm -hmm. It's not it is it's surgery. There's still there's still are X factors that come up that that I can't control. No matter how meticulous and how careful we are and how well oiled our machine is, 
But that 98% of the time, it's like, you know, you're high-fiving your patients saying, great, and they're sending their friends and, you know, and, and really you find out how good your surgeon is when you do have a problem. That's, mm-hmm. that's when you know if you've got the right surgeon. Yeah, that's and when the, the true test is. How, yeah. So uh, maybe know. that kind of leads to my next question. What's the most challenging part about this particular field? It's the psychological uh, gymnastics that you have to do sometimes with your patients because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like most patients are fine, but the ones that have some deep issues and problems can really cause a lot of problems, not only for themselves, but for you. you yeah. Know? And for me as, and your staff, as a surgeon. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, my job is to not get people into trouble with that. And so I really try to weed out the people that are not going to do well with surgery. And that is a hard part. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like telling people, you know, you, you can't do this. Like, this isn't for you. Yeah. You know, we should do this instead. Like, let me give you the names of some people that will steal you away from me in two seconds. Flat. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, they see you. Know, you. Just, yeah, because, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to cause problems for people by getting them into situations that they shouldn't be in. Yeah. You know, that's really important. And it's not... It's not that I don't want to operate on them. It's just that they shouldn't have operations, period, because they're not they're not mentally fit for it or it's not going to do what they think it's going to do. And that's most of my no's. And I say no probably 30, 40 percent of the time with new patients. Wow. Wow. I'm just like, you know, this isn't a good idea. You're not ready. This mm-hmm. isn't for you. I'm not your guy. Whatever. It's just not it's not a fit. It's not a match. And it's and it's OK. Yeah. You know, you don't is, you don't you know, it's 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 really has to be a. A team effort. Yeah. yeah. So you have an office in Newport Beach in Beverly Hills. Is there, which city, be honest, is harder? Which, is it Newport patients or Beverly Hills patients Clientel. are more difficult? I mean, I don't know. Are they all good, pretty not, good? I mean, I don't, I don't know that they're difficult. I guess Beverly Hills because I get the, the fly-in, well, they've been everywhere else and mm. like I'm the last ditch like effort a tor- guy. tourist yeah, so the, coming the, to the Mecca. The, but there are people that have, you know, really big problems mm-hmm. and- you know, so that when they show up there and I tell them like, I'm sorry, it's not going to work, that that's a big deal, you yeah, know, but hard. I think they're harder. I think that the tolerances in Newport Beach are a little bit easier. The patients are a little more, you know, like, uh, you know, it takes less for them to be really thrilled and, and excited about their surgery. Whereas in LA, they, they need it to be a home run. Yeah. Like they need <laughs> They got it. a lot on the line. They I mean, have I had a three cons- weeks off, a flight from, you know, a, a faraway country. Yeah, I mean, I have story after story of like, it's, you know, the patient, the lawyer, the agent, and the manager at the consultation for the facelift. Oh, God. So, how stressful. I'm stressed when like the mom or brother, yeah, when the kids in there or something, but this, this team, this, so here's the team, you know, there's the, the, the actor, and then all the people who live whose livelihood depends no, on how this actor looks. Yeah. You know, and they're saying, you know, we went to so-and-so and this, you know, we just didn't believe that they could do it. So we're here. You know, so we talked to this person and you, they look amazing. And they said, how come we've never heard of you? That's always the big question. Like, how come we never heard of you? I was like, because uh, you're like, don't, e-television like, hasn't hit me up yet? A, I don't have a billboard. <laughs> I, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why you haven't heard of me, but they... You know, they look at the work and then, you know, and then you do the, you say, look, this is going to be fine. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to get it done. And then, you know, and it's good. So you have to, in LA, that that's common. Yeah. You know, or I'll have the, like I had a husband and wife who were on a big, humongous network TV show together. And the wife had a seriously bad nose job. Like it sucked. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there talking to them and I was like, 
you two are like in the like in the public eye. We're talking about a revision rhinoplasty with a rib graft that for the next three months, you're going to look awful. Yeah. Like, how are you going to do this? So she's like, I really need to fix it. It's terrible. I can't stand it. I said, I don't think you guys should do it. I said, you're going to have to find a way to disappear. And I don't think now's the time. I know what's going on. I watch your show. Like, like you can't do it. And yeah. they literally, they they said, oh, but we have to. You know, she she's going to be so much happier with a better nose. I go, I totally get that. When you're done with that show, yep. then you mm. guys come back and then we'll do this. I, I can totally do it. But I said, it's not the time. And, you know, the the husband called me and said, like, you know, you're totally right. I, I know I... I know that she's really trying to push me to to say yes and, and get on board with her, but I, he's always, I hear what you're saying. We're not going to do it. Yeah. So I mean, that's it. It is harder because there's a lot of that. Yeah. Where the timing and and what's going on in their lives and who they are and what they do because nobody comes into my office in Beverly Hills who doesn't have like this big story of something that they're up to that I need to be sensitive to. Yeah. Because otherwise, I make big problems for them. Yeah. 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 It's way different than being a surgeon in Ranch Cucamonga. <laughs> Yeah. No offense, Ranch Cucamonga, yeah. you know, no, but, it is. but Beverly different. Hills, there's yes. a name, there's a charge to it. Yeah, you it know, is. Mm -hmm. and, and who comes into that office, you know, who knows to go there, you know, mm -hmm. how to, she's like how I said, who knows to go there. But it's a, uh, yeah, no job society coming up next, <laughs> trademarking it right away. But the, it is, it is, it's, it's totally different. Newport mm -hmm. Beach is a lot more relaxed. The patients have more flexibility. I mean, here I do a ton of teenagers. Like, I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, modern day high school, and you know, all the it's just the uh, Corona Del Mar High School, Newport Harbor. You know, I've got loads of kids from those high schools that are getting their noses done, and it's all about their, you know, their final exams and when they're going to school and all that stuff. So yeah. there's a lot of timing issues with that. Yeah. Like right now, you know, we're booking up the the May June slots for all the teenage rhinoplasties. Graduation. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> Graduation present. They're not going to Hawaii. Go to college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not going to Hawaii for their trip. They're getting a nose, which is great. So if you weren't a plastic surgeon, what would you what other field would you do? Orth? Ortho? If I weren't a plastic surgeon yeah. in, in medicine, I would I would probably like to do neurosurgery. Mm. Yeah. I really think the brain is the final frontier. I mean it's <laughs> it's so cool. It is I mean, I'd be very into that. That's very nerdy. Which yeah, sounds aligned it. with a I nose nerd like you. <laughs> totally. Okay, so you have a you have your Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery podcast, which I highly recommend because yes. each episode with hit with Dr. Ravello. Yeah, right? Mil Millicent Ravello is my associate. And she's also my co-host on the podcast. They talk about, I mean, they have like labioplasties. I loved your cankles episode. Cankles. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't have super well-defined calves, but I'm like, oh, I just like, I'm so fascinated by that. I thought it was, yeah. You got to check his check podcast out, check out yeah. about specific surgery. Yeah. So if you're interested in it, it's nice because it's a nice condensed snippet of the information you need from two surgeons' point of views. It's great. So if you have any interest, well, I thank you. highly recommend it. So yeah, he has the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and then the Dr. Hockey. So do you actually play hockey or are you just like- I don't a, anymore. Okay. I did. I love hockey. You know, so but I just- Do you have to like insure, do you have any body parts insured? I mean, I'm, I'm in- the whole thing's insured. Like, yeah, you know, I'm definitely worth a Top way notch. more dead than alive. Yeah, <laughs> I was way say, more. Well, when Aaron, you know, Aaron's not a plastic surgeon, but I like I I like to roller skate. I don't do anything particular with my hands, but I always like I haven't been roller skating lately because I'm like shit. If I break my wrist, I don't want to go into a, a, a COVID filled e oh like ER or something. So I ask Aaron like, if you're skiing, 
like what if you fuck up your right hand that's your injecting hand so as a surgeon you have a lot on the line if you bust something when you're being sporty yeah i am not sporty like that anymore no. <laughs> I, I just envision like my like some skate going on my hand and my fingers sitting next to me you and know? then your fi- um, and, and now <laughs> i'm the four finger replantation and then you create a, ro- a robotic finger for the scalpel and you become this like robotic plastic sh- i mean totally that's that where happen. it's going I, but you're I, playing it that. safe no I, I i mean i do i do work out a lot i do run but i don't i don't play rugby anymore i have a I had so many rugby injuries, like it was just flat out stupid to be playing rugby. That's a harsh sport. I love Concussions, it. It's so fun. Right? You know, I never really got got a, my bells rung that badly with, because, yeah. uh, you know, I I played in the scrum, so I was the guy doing the hitting. You know, I was, I was oh, much more that. Like, Leo, like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I wasn't a back. The backs get crushed. I will attest to that because I crushed many of them myself. But the... Uh, but I just at this point I have to be careful with it because mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to sustain those big injuries. Like I get on a skateboard and my my wife gets like chest oh, pain. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> there goes can't mess that there up. goes an ankle or something. Something yeah. something bad. So you got to be safe. Okay yeah, for sure. So to to wrap up our episode with you, I'm going to ask you, Doctor Calvert, some rapid fire questions. Okay, so you don't have to think too long and hard. You can just give me whatever comes off your brain. So if you had a last meal. Say you're going to the electric chair. That's what very your... possible, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, you never know. You never know. The world's crazy these days. Yes. And yeah. they, they said, okay, you got a choice for your last meal. Where are you going to eat? Where? What or where? You can have it catered in. They'll bring it into the prison. Whatever you want, plus dessert. Oh, it's very easy. Lasagna. Really? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's but made by anybody, by your wife, by yourself? I, I'm not going to be too picky on that one. If okay. it's the last one, I, I just want it to be good. Okay. That's there's, okay. there's a place in Bloomfield, New Jersey I'd probably like to get it from, but I, you know, I don't know if it's even still there. Well, we'll make it happen. I mean, yeah. it's your last meal, so we'll fly it in from Joycey. <laughs> Absolutely. For you. Okay. If you could have dinner with anyone famous, dead or alive, who would it be? Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, probably I would pick... Socrates. Okay. Socrates, as it was uh, in the, yeah, that would probably be my choice. I think the the philosophical brain of that individual would be very interesting to to learn about. So yeah, and you could share your lasagna with for sure. That you guys could eat lasagna or other, you know, the dinner's getting better already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you could instantly have any talent, immediately, what would it be? Oh, I'd fly for sure. Really? Yeah, I would want to fly. Can I fly? Yeah, of course. I was thinking from Beverly to Newport to Beverly Hills, right? Just make it really easy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, because when I asked Erin this question, she said she wanted to immediately be like athletic. Yes. Or like a sprinter. I would immediately want to play the bass guitar. Just like be like, oh, I've never done this before. And then at a party, just like slap a bass. Because people are like, slapping the bass, man. (laughs) Just slapping it. And they're like, where did she come from? That would be mind blowing. So for you to just be like, excuse me, I'm out of here. I got to go to my Newport. Yeah, that would be great. If I could just fly, fly. just, you know, like squirrel suit or whatever. I don't care. A cape. Well, you got the Clark Kent vibes. So you go into your phone booth. That'd be sweet. I'm down. (laughs) I can see it happening. And then it'd be like nose job man on the back and (laughs) NJM instead of Superman. Okay. My last question for you. We asked this to all of our special guests. What does treat yourself mean to you? Probably buy something and eat something that you normally wouldn't do, like a you know big banana split sundae with lots of whipped cream. Yeah, and so what's kind of like um, what what's like a, a trinket or an electronic that you'd buy that's that's something special or like a like are you into video games or? 
drones you know, or I, race I, cars. I bought a drone. Yeah, that's a treat yourself. <laughs> and it gift. turns out that flying it is like a federal offense in my neighborhood. So. Oh, I believe it's in certain parts of Orange so County. I have not 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 flown it. Oh shit! Yeah, you like, don't want to get arrested. Then yeah. that might bring on the electric chair. That, yeah, right? that would get you it's into all prison. Full circle. Your Honor, this man flew a drone over Big Canyon Country Club. And then send yeah. him to the electric chair. <laughs> and then all of Newport Beach uh, is like. Send him to the electric chair. I do. I love my drone. It's so cool. <laughs> it is it's, cool. Yeah, but you can't you gotta, fly it in the OC. No, you got to go out to, out the to like the Angeles far. Yeah, you yeah. got to do that. That's yeah. cool. Well, Dr. Calvert, thank you so much. So in addition to your podcast, the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is on Apple and Spotify, Dr. Hockey is where you talk all hockey. Yeah, it's, it's a little. Hockey it's a dorks. Little, it is a total fun thing that, you know, I. It's what got me into podcasting. Yeah. You know, because I, I helped uh, the crew in Las Vegas write their pitch for to the NHL to get the team, the Vegas Golden Knights. And, that is uh, game changing, by the way. Yeah. Getting Vegas and a hockey team was, I think, the best thing to happen to Vegas since boxing as a sport. Well, it was interesting because, you know, it's a diff time, different time for that story. But it was just one of those things where. You know, I, I said, if you guys really are going to pitch the NHL, you just need to go in there and say one thing. We want a team in Vegas so we can win the Stanley Cup. And they're like, oh, that's the pitch? I go, that's, that's it. <laughs> and then after they got the team, they're like, you were right. Yes, <laughs> that's like, incredible. That was it. Your pitch was right. It just they wanted to know we want to get the cup. I said, that's all there is in hockey. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's the holy grail of hockey. Yeah. So that got me into podcasting and I had to do the plastic surgery one because it was just stupid not to. Yeah. yeah and great. and Dr. Millicent is great. You guys have a great rapport. And it's also really fascinating. It Like you guys go, you guys have covered all sorts of different surgery topics. So what's your Instagram handle so people can follow you? It's just at Dr. J Calvert, D-R-J-A-Y-C-A-L-V-E-R-T. Cool. And you get to see him and his... Uh, surgeries before and afters, a little bit of his family life, and uh, follow and your puppy. up. Yeah, Chichi the Chihuahua. Chichi. Chichi's yeah. so cute. So cute. I love Chihuahuas so she much. She's a very funny dog. Yeah, we, we love her very much. <laughs> she's named after Chichi Rodriguez, actually, oh. the golfer. Oh, my, my dad named her. Which Aww. interestingly, the only thing that Chichi does when my dad comes to the house is bark at him nonstop for the three weeks he's he's in <laughs> Southern they, California. They just have a bond. She's they, probably just chatting she with just, him. She just does not like that guy. It's really well, sad. Oh, she doesn't. She I thought it's because she wants to chit-chat with no, him. She barks at him the whole time. Aww. Like the whole time. Aww. Like nonstop. Every single time. It's like, I don't know. Maybe they, she'll they, come they, around. She's got issues. Aww. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for Dr. my Calvert. nose. Thank you for my boobs. Thank you for thank being you a for guest. Thank you for the insight. This has been so much fun. Yeah, and no, I'm you sure guys are great. All of our listeners insane. learned so much because we've never, we haven't had a surgeon on here before, so... Um, we're just so excited that you're able to bless us with the knowledge. Happy to be here. It Thank was really you. fun. Thanks, Thank you guys. You. Thanks, Dr. Calvert. All right. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya.